The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Now it's time to talk Braves, Falcons, and college football with a Deep South college football legend. It's the Buck Baloo Show, exclusively on The Fan. everybody not the dulcet tones of one buck blue dylan short filling in for the college football legend the 10 o'clock hour brought to you by the haug baron law firm you know what haug baron does they win they're the champions of personal injury law for a reason and if you need to win your personal injury case go to championshiplaw.com don't mess around we're in it to win it baby that's all we do as you guys know when i'm filling in for buck we're gonna get a little bit of baseball talk in there uh, i i love how one of the bigger signings of the offseason managed to wait like a grand total of four minutes after I went off the air last night. That's lovely. It's not something I would have liked to talk about 20 minutes early, but got a lot to get to. Not a lot of time to get there. We only got an hour to spend with you. So uh, buckle up. Let's get going with a big take. Bucks. Big. Take. Okay. It's not very often that watching a Thursday night football game makes me realize anything good. Most of the time, and by most of the time, I mean about 90% of the time, Thursday night football games are horrendous. And I know I'm supposed to tie this into the dogs, but you're flying with me today, so we're going to do whatever I want to do. I don't know how, when, or why it happened, but the 49ers might be the most impressive team in the NFL to me. That I know that's... The Eagles are, are a great team. Don't get me wrong. They're fantastic. They're front runners for a reason. Uh, the Bills are really, really good. The Chiefs are amazing. One thing in common with all three of those teams, though, they have MVP types of quarterbacks. But the 49ers have been doing with Brock Purdy. I don't know if this makes Matt Campbell happy or if this makes him really upset because Matt Campbell, who was one of the, the hottest names to be an NFL coach jumping out of the college ranks, Brock Purdy heavily regressed his final two seasons at Iowa State. Right now, he's looking exactly like what 49ers fans wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to be. And when you look at that 49ers team, the thing that stands out, obviously, their defense. I was thinking about this last night, and maybe I just let last night get to me. Maybe I wasn't in the clearest frame of mind in order to figure this out. But they remind me a lot of the Ray Lewis Ravens. I'm not saying that they have a Ray Lewis on that defense or an Ed Reed, so nobody freak out about that. What I mean by that is they are the most physical defense in football, and it's not close at all. They, every single play, there's there's no slowdown when they come to hit you. They don't stop and get set. They just sprint at you as fast as they can and try to knock you out, whether it's Dre Greenlaw, whether it's Traverius Ward, whoever it is, they're going to force the referees to throw flags. And they're just betting that you're not going to throw that flag, that you're going to want to at least keep the game moving. It would take a very confident ref a very strong ref to throw the amount of flags that you could throw on the san francisco defense because there's pass interference on nearly every play 
by what the standard of pass interference is. There are late hits out of bounds on nearly every play. And you see this with with defenses like the Ravens once of years past and with this defense. They're just incredibly fast, which in and of itself is a nightmare. They all look to knock you out with every single hit. And you see the fumble that was caused last night by Dre Greenlaw. I believe that was on Travis Homer. It's not like Homer was holding the ball loose away from his body. He got held up a little bit, and then Dre Greenlaw came in like a missile and knocked it out, and that ball popped up 15 yards in the air and 10 yards downfield. I don't know how far Brock Purdy's really going to take the 49ers, but it makes me it, it makes me have to do something I've not wanted to do, and that's admit to myself and to all of you, Kyle Shanahan is, is phenomenal. He really is, and I know... We're supposed to hate him. I'm not going to forgive him for how the Super Bowl ended. I'm not going to forgive him for the ego that led to the Falcons blowing it to the Patriots. But my God, man, he he's so good. I don't know. Again, I don't think this is just a case of Brock Purdy being way better than people thought coming in. He was Mr. Irrelevant. 17 of 26 for 217 yards and two touchdowns. That's not a crazy line. That's not anything incredible. That's not something that you would expect no other NFL quarterback to be able to do. But he did look poised. He was able to get to multiple different reads. And also there's a little bit of luck involved. And I think that's a factor that a lot of football fans kind of forget about sometimes is yes, you you do kind of need luck too. When you throw the ball right at somebody and they drop it, it's a little bit of luck and that's good. It's funny you say that, though. Um, Kyle Shanahan's scheme is just incredible to watch. Brock Purdy's throwing to wide-open receivers so often that that these aren't difficult throws for him to make, and it just shows you they're now on their third quarterback this season, and it's just plug-and-play because Kyle Shanahan schemes people wide open. And that, I think, is the real genius of Kyle Shanahan. Not that he can do like his dad did and turn Tevin Coleman into a 1,400-yard running back. Not that he can scheme Debo Samuel into 45 different formations. It's that so often in the NFL success is tied directly to your quarterback for every single other team in the NFL, for every team that does not have a Kyle Shanahan, your success is tied to your quarterback. Look no further than the state of the NFL today. This is one of the worst years of the NFL that I've seen in a very long time. Just as far as like, there's more parity in the NFL this year. But it's not the type of parody you were looking for. This is parody because there's a whole bunch of bad teams and not many good ones. Kyle Shanahan, it's called a savant by pretty much everybody. And I agree with the term. But I think the most impressive for me is not what he did with the Falcons with Matt Ryan. And that was one of the more incredible offenses we've seen in Atlanta. Maybe maybe the best offense we've ever seen in Atlanta. High flying, high scoring, everybody was was getting eight to ten yards carry, whatever. I think it's the fact that he built this offense in San Francisco specifically designed to complement the strengths of his defense, to where every every player around the quarterback is in the best position to maximize every touch. They always lead the league in yards after catch. For as long as Kyle Shanahan has been there, whether that's Debo Samuel, whether that's George Kittle, whether that's Brandon Ayuk, whether it's whatever running back, because don't forget, in true Shanahan fashion, they cycle through running backs like nobody's business. They've used Jeff Wilson. They've used Raheem Mostert. They've used, uh, who, who, was, who was the one they were running out last night? They had Jarrett McKinnon last year Jared running McKinnon, all the plays, but then, yeah. Uh, uh, Jordan Mason, Georgia Tech alum, Christian McCaffrey now. They, they have just cycled through backs 
And you look at it, one, Christian McCaffrey looks back to Christian McCaffrey, which I thought he was toast. When he was with Carolina, I thought he was just toasted. I thought he was done. Gets to, to San Francisco, all of a sudden he looks a lot like the Christian McCaffrey that we remember. Debo Samuel goes down, no big deal. Here's Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod is a contributing player in the NFL right now for Kyle Shanahan. I, I don't know. If you're a Falcons fan, part of you should feel good about this because that is proof that you can build a team and surround it an okay quarterback or a not 100 or a not elite quarterback and win football games and win them well. Now, the difficult part of that is there are not many Kyle Shanahan's around in the world. There are not many people that have the offensive concepts and, and just the, the flair for the play calling and formation building that Kyle Shanahan has. But it's nice to know, and it's and it's uplifting for Falcons fans and people ready to look at Desmond Ritter in his first week of action to see it can be done. Haven't you been impressed, though, overall with Arthur Smith's approach on offense, dealing with the talent that he has been dealing with? Overall, I have been most for the most, and part. I believe that he can. He has the potential to be a very good play caller, if not if not already. But these these things take time. Being in that system, obviously getting the players, um, getting the players that fit the system that fit the, what the coach wants to do, it takes time. And I believe it's possible that Arthur Smith could have a very impressive offensive scheme in a similar way to Kyle Shanahan. But that's going to take time, and it's going to take players. For the most part, the one thing that could separate it is. There's a difference between the Kyle Shanahan type of scheme and the scheme that Arthur Smith was running when he was in Tennessee. They can both work. Tennessee's base concept of build around the quarterback and just ask the quarterback not to lose it for you, like that can work too, especially if you have the type of defenses that Arthur Smith was used to having with Tennessee, the ones that the San Francisco 49ers have. Ultimately, you're just asking your offense not to lose the game for you. The difference, though, is for for Shanahan's, it's it's not... built around let me get this big 240 pound battering ram and hand him the ball 35 times a game it, it is a it's a west coast system so it's not as many deep shots as you would think not even as many deep shots as you would have as you saw with atlanta but the passing game is an extremely important part of kyle shanahan's offense Shanahan's offense is what you dream on when you talk about the perfect style of offense. And it pains me, trust me, it pains me to say this because one of the more annoying people in the NFL, uh, one of the more unlikable people is Kyle Shanahan. And I don't know many people that would disagree on that. But we start talking about coaching trees and things of this nature. And Mike Shanahan, we we don't love him around these parts because of what happened with Dan Reeves. But you can't argue with that guy's tree, man. That There's a lot of branches on that. And even on Kyle Shanahan's own. They were talking about this during the broadcast last night. Uh, you got Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur. And I know they like to give Matt LaFleur to Sean McVay. But as was mentioned, Kyle Shanahan had Matt LaFleur for 10 years as essentially his QB coach. So I think, I think it's probably more likely that it was a little bit more influenced by Kyle Shanahan. I don't want to just keep waxing poetic and, and talking about how much I, I love the 49ers. I... I genuinely was surprised how good they were. And it does, it says a lot about John Lynch. And it also says a lot about how easy it is to overlook West Coast football. Uh, that's, not, that's not really a take I've ever really bought into with any real seriousness. I'm starting to kind of doubt that, though. I'm starting to kind of think that, that maybe the Westies, they, they all kind of have a, uh, they might have a point. 
because this 49ers team is, is outstanding top to bottom and that defense they just keep turning them out like they didn't even have Jordan Brooks for like the second half of last night's game Jordan Brooks their leading tackler the leader on that defense didn't matter Dre Greenlaw has just been a monster I believe it was Dre Greenlaw fifth round pick I want to say out of Arkansas and this is part of it when you saw Dre Greenlaw at Arkansas you'd see little glimpses of this you'd see little flashes of him just being able to just be a heat-seeking missile and run of the football but it wasn't very controlled. It was always just kind of, I'm going to, it's kind of water boy, just run straight to the ball and try to knock the guy out. Not really much that you would kind of consider of making plays and, and having to diagnose concepts. And I think that's another part of this one. D'Amico Ryan's going to be head coach next year has to be. If I'm a football team in search of a college or pro don't really care either. And I'm in search of a head coach. D'Amico Ryans has, has shown not only was he an amazing player, but that defense. And you look at the names on that defense. There are no names that stick out to you as guys that, that are, at least before this season, considered elite football players. Like, Trey Greenlaw was not a guy that was supposed to be an elite linebacker in the league. Jordan Brooks was not a guy that was supposed to be elite. Traverius Ward, he's good. He was really good with Kansas City. He was not what you saw last night, where... He locked up with DK Metcalf essentially all night long. And it was the Seahawks who blinked. The Seahawks decided to move DK Metcalf off of Traverius Ward because couldn't get away from him. He was all over Metcalf all night long. And like I mentioned, a lot of those would have been called pass interference if it were against a different team. But there is something to be said for this concept of making your defense so aggressive that it makes the refs broaden out the rules a bit. And it's frustrating to play against a team like that. It's back in the day where we're kind of that same way, where you could call a penalty. You know the old saying where you could call a hold on every play? Talking about your offensive line. Well, it's like that for defenses too. And, and the, all the great defenses in the NFL, they've all been built that same way. They are going to push the envelope and they're going to have just their toe over that line. And they're going to dare you to throw flags on it and if if you're willing to throw flags on it you will ruin what the 49ers want to do in that game that's that's just the risk that they're going to take and more often than not it's going to pay now it wasn't you know I'm, I'm talking an awfully big game for for a game that ended up 21 13 i know but you also factor in nobody plays particularly well on thursdays like that's thursday night football while i love the amazon prime broadcast and i think it's probably the best broadcast out there Thursday night football is generally just not good football. There have been a couple good matchups, a couple good games, but even in those, the teams don't generally look as good as they do on Sundays. It's just you know too much to ask of a team to come off of a four-day stretch and go in and, and figure it out and play on a Thursday and, and look just like they did on Sunday. An extra three days is a pretty big deal. You're talking about half your practice reps, essentially. But you can see it, and you can see with the 49ers. The defense didn't take the night off at all, but even with this Niners offense, I don't know how you go back to Jimmy Garoppolo if he comes back this season. I don't know how you go to Trey Lance. Brock Purdy may have been the last player selected, and maybe maybe Kyle Shanahan's scheme is more built around young quarterbacks before the ego really sets into a player. Because I do think a lot of it is you've got to check your ego at the door if you're going to be a quarterback in this style of offense. And that's something to consider when you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, too, is – you know, he's not, he never racked up the numbers that people thought that he would. 
when he when you got a glimpse of him as Tom Brady's backup and he became the next the hot guy. He was the oh he's going to be you know he he's some team's quarterback of the future, but it's not going to be the Patriots because they're they're with Brady. When the Niners got Garoppolo, I think they were envisioning a lot more of what you saw with Brock Purdy, where it's I'm going to make my one read, two read, and then I'm going to take off. You want to be careful with the football, which is the only thing you ask of a rookie quarterback is don't don't turn the ball over wantonly. Be be smart with your decisions. Put us in a better position to win than to lose. That's all you ask, and let the defense do their thing. And Purdy's done that a, a, done a great job of that. This was this was not an easy environment. I know the Seahawks aren't a great team this year, but every time the Niners and Seahawks meet up, it's a hard, hard fought contest. It is not an easy matchup in the slightest. And, you know, actually, I've been saying, I've been, have I been saying Jordan Brooks was a Niner all day? Cause he's a Seahawk. Uh, but <laughs> funny how that works. Sorry guys. Uh, that's kind of when, when I watch these two teams play, you get this ultra physical matchup and it always seems to come down to one score. These are always one score games. I know a lot of NFL games are, but it's kind of a throwback style of football. And I dig it, man. I I, trust me. I don't want to root for the Niners, but I also don't know what team is going to handle that defense consistently. I know the Eagles are great. Don't get me wrong. And I think it's, Probably the worst choice in the world if you tell me I have to pick between Kyle Shanahan and Philadelphia. Like, I, I'd, I'd rather root for the meteor there. But I, I, I just I keep coming back to this Niners team. I was so impressed last night. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just I, – I could not – I could not believe that they had gotten this good without me really paying attention and noticing. And that's part of it. It's like I knew they were they were quote unquote good. I knew they were the best team in their division, all that. But I never really like stopped to really dig into it and see how good they were. Uh, just absolutely wild. So, moving on from that, we're gonna take our first break, and when we come back, I've got some realizations. It wasn't just the 49ers that gave me a realization. While I was watching that game, I had an epiphany about Georgia and why it is that I think they're so good. We'll talk about that coming up next. It's the Buck Belue Show on the Fan 680, 93.7 FM. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Welcome 
Welcome back in, everybody, to the Buck Baloo Show. If you can't hear us on the radio, you got to tap that app. Brought to you by Beaver Toyota. Stay connected to all the latest news, your favorite fan shows on the 680 Fan App, driven by Beaver Direct, the fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Visit beavertoyotaofcoming.com and see what wow really means. Download the fan app now in the iTunes and Google Play Store. And on that same vein, I know I talked a lot of NFL in the first half. I'm going to get to some college. But if you want nothing but college football leading up into bowl season, if you want everybody from every single angle, you got to go to thepodcastpark.com where you can find such greats as the Chuck Oliver Show. If Chuck's not going to talk about it, then nobody in college football is going to talk about it. So that's a pretty good place. If you're looking for the most obscure takes on any obscure college football program, go check out the the Chuck Oliver Show. Uh, maybe Southern Beat with Dan Matthews. Maybe you want a nice little flair of on-the-field, off-the-field action. Maybe you want to find a good bite to eat. Go listen to Dan Matthews tell you where to go all around the SEC. Putt and pass with two dog legends, Drew Butler, Jake Fromm, as they tell you and give you perspectives of players that actually played in the SEC, not something you can get from just anybody, but you can also get it from Buck Blue with Buck's Beat. Also, with Desmond Ritter making his first start this season, it's probably a good idea to check out from the perch the Falcons prospect or Falcons podcast with ESPN Falcons reporter Michael Rossing, who will be joining Nick and Chris a little bit later today. And to get all of that good information and a whole lot more, just go to thepodcastpark.com. Also got to tell you guys, with the Peach Bowl coming up really, really quickly, we've done it again. 680 The Fan and Harris Cherokee Casino Resorts have partnered together for another free tailgate. That's right. Peach Bowl is coming to the Benz, New Year's Eve, and we're throwing a party. Join 680 The Fan in our huge free Peach Bowl tailgate Saturday, December 31st from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. We're taking over 123 Marietta Street at the corner of Marietta Street and Centennial Olympic Park Drive with a party featuring complimentary drinks from Corona and Modelo Beers, Deep Eddie Vodka, and Maker's Mark Mixed Cocktails. Neutral vodka seltzer samples are going to be there. Plus, enjoy eats from Bojangles and live music by all that. Get your free tickets now at 680thefan.com slash tailgate central and join us for another party in the 680 The Fan Tailgate Central Series Saturday, December 31st from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. And we could not do it without our sponsors harris cherokee casinos and resorts truest georgia power corona extra Modelo, deep eddie vodka makers mark bojangles little supermarkets and neutral vodka seltzers so i spent the entire first segment of this show waxing poetic about the 49ers and i didn't do that for no reason when i'm watching the 49ers in their defense i mentioned how aggressive they are that's kind of my key word. When I was watching them, I was kind of getting a sense of, man, who else in the league plays defense like that? And I don't think there's anybody else in the NFL that plays defense like that. And I don't necessarily think there's anybody in college, but the gap between the 49ers and everybody else in the NFL defensively this year, with just that speed at every position, it reminds you a lot of the Georgia Bulldogs. And I think there's a key point buried in there where, The key to being the best defense is to be aggressive, not greedy. And there's a big difference here, especially in college football. Aggression is good. Aggression will win you more often than not. Aggression will cause the opposing team to make mistakes. Greed, though, that's what costs you. And I define them as greed would be aggression where the consequence potentially outweighs the reward. So, for example, there was a play last night, an innocuous play, just didn't really mean anything, um, on a punt from San Francisco where the ball bounced at the three-yard line. And rather than play the game of try to let it just kind of hop all the way down to the one and get it right at the goal line, 
San Francisco decided they're just going to run in and down it at the three. Why? Because the goal when you make that punt, what you're looking to do is get them inside the five. If you can get them at the one, awesome. But inside the five is what you're looking to do. And how many times do you see somebody play that game of trying to get it down to the very goal line and a football is not a, it's an oblong shape. It doesn't bounce the way that you always think it'll bounce goes in the end zone. And now all of a sudden you're at the 25 yard line. It's about risk and reward. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Wrong. Greed is not good. How many times do you see a safety or a cornerback try to jump a route in a tight game? You don't see it often from the University of Georgia. You know why? Because the, the reward of making that interception, like let's say you're up 10. You're up two scores but the opponent is still very much in that game. If you jump that route, if you're overly aggressive or you're greedy, as I would say, and you jump that route, you miss that, that guy's scoring momentum is now with the opponent. They're now down three or down whatever, but momentum is all on their side. And that game is now closer. The reward of you making that interception is, is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Turnovers are, are how you win ball games normally. But the risk of, me- of messing up that play is at least as high of a return as that interception is. That's one of the great points about this uh, Georgia team, particularly on the defense. Everyone wants to talk about the four- and five-star talent, which obviously is very important. But they don't give up big plays very often at all. And if they do, it's because the corners are on an island by themselves. But it's because they play extremely disciplined. They don't get a lot of penalties. But again, everybody wants to talk about the, the, how big, fast, and strong they are. And that is important, but it's really how disciplined and how well they play together within the scheme that makes the defense that much more impressive. It goes to every aspect of this Georgia defense. We talk about how Georgia under Kirby Smart doesn't particularly get a lot of sacks. They've gotten more towards the end of this year. But typically, they're not a high sack team. They're, they're, they get a lot of pressures, but they don't finish the drill a lot. And part of that is because they don't sell out their lanes to rush the passer. They always stay in an area where they can be aggressive, but if it's the negative outcome, it's not going to kill the team. That it's something that you can live with. If you end up missing this play, then it's not going to to hurt the overall team. You can overcome that. That's very that's a very very fine line to walk. That's what defensive coordinators get paid to do. That's what defensive head coaches are paid to do is figure that out. Kirby Smart has it figured out, and it's it's brilliant to watch. And I think that's the real key reason as to why Georgia has been the best defense in college football collectively over the really since Kirby Smart came in, but really since 2018 for sure. They've been such a such a hard defense to figure out and it's not because it's not just because they have faster stronger players than everybody we've seen that with a lot of teams over the years alabama's famous for that too lots of teams get lots of five-star players it's because and it, part of it's because of the scheme that's true too but a lot of it, a lot of it is because of the style and the nature of the way that they approach defense everybody holds everybody accountable you cannot you you cannot be lazy on this georgia defense because everybody else on that defense works hard and that's going to look really bad for you if you're the one person who's not working hard. Everybody's job ties into everybody else's. And you don't ever, you never, what's the, what's the common saying? Never bet more than you're willing to lose. That's the way Georgia approaches it. And I think it's the right way to approach it. And I think it's the way that most defensive coordinators wish they could approach it. It just depends if they can identify that line and stay just on the right side of it. But speaking of Georgia, 
We got to get to a Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25 20, far sideline, 15 10, 5. Get in there. Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Haug Law Group, T-Mobile, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. So like I said, last night was an epiphany night for me. And I've been covering Georgia all season long. You guys have heard me on the Saturday mornings. I'm, I, make no, I make no bones that I'm a very biased Georgia fan. I try not to sound overly biased on the radio, but make no mistake. If we're doing a, a show and there's a Georgia game on, at least 60% of my attention is on that game on, on the screen right there. It doesn't matter who they're playing. I'm going to be watching Georgia. Even so... And even with all the talk we've had of Stetson Bennett and the magical run he's had, I don't think it really sunk in until last night just what type of story we're potentially talking about with Stetson Bennett here. We're talking about a walk-on who didn't get a lot of playing time, went to Jones Community College, I believe it was, transferred over to Jones Community College to get a little bit of playing time, transferred back in, beat out a five-star, has been behind four and five stars his entire life. Not a big guy. He's listed at 5'10". I guarantee you he's closer to 5'9". Listed, he's probably about 175, 180 pounds. Not a very big guy at all. But he's on the cusp of winning back-to-back national championships. I li- You can't really argue. And that's the thing. We've talked about it before where, you know, if he does go on and, and win a natty again, I think you can make an argument right now that he might be the most accomplished quarterback in Georgia history particularly if they do go back to the natty. If he wins it back-to-back seasons, putting up the type of numbers he did, and I know the, the overall numbers don't look great. Again, you have to take in the context that he's essentially not played in a fourth quarter all season long, and that, that kind of lets you know what his numbers have been. But you, if you just watch the University of Georgia play football and you watch them on offense, you can't deny who the leader of that team is. It's not Kenny McIntosh. It's not Brock Bowers. It's not whoever. It's Stetson Bennett. The way Stetson goes, so does this team. And he's got this, you'd say, undeserved confidence. But it might be a little deserved. He's beating out everybody in front of him, and he's on his way to winning back-to-backs because I think, I really do think, Georgia's better this year overall as a team than they were a season ago. The defense is not quite what it was last year. I'm not going to pretend otherwise for recency bias or whatever. But this offense is way more explosive, way better than they were a season ago. And a lot of that is he he's one of the best in the game. What? It's incredible. I know, Buck. I, I trust me. I had the same thought when this ran through my head. I had to write it down. So did I did I am I really devoting time to saying that Stetson Bennett might be the best quarterback in the history of the University of Georgia. What? I just, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know when this happened. I don't know how this happened. But it's happened. We'll see what happens going forward. Obviously, they got to get through a, a test in the Buckeyes. But it says a lot about where this program is and where Stetson is as a whole. That I'm looking at the Buckeyes saying, eh, I don't think they can hang. I don't think it's going to be much different than Tennessee. It's absolutely insane, folks. I'm just here to tell you, I know when Stetson goes on to the next level, best case scenario, he's Case Keenum, and he's a backup 
for 10, 11 years. By the way, I know people are saying, certain people are saying Will Levis to the Falcons at six. I'll go ahead and go on record right now, and I'll bet you, I'll say Stetson Bennett has a longer NFL career than Will Levis. Uh, I Anybody that comps Will Levis to Josh Allen is doing the, like, what do we always complain about how everybody uses the same terms for the same type of player? Like, if I tell you a guy's a hard worker, first in, last out, you guys know exactly what kind he's of player Peyton I'm talking Manning, about. Right? Or he's Tom Brady. Exactly. You know what player I'm talking about. He he's a he's a he's a real glue guy. He's a real hustle guy. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an undersized, slow white guy wide receiver. You guys know what I'm talking about. Stetson's gonna catch all those two, and Will Levis is catching Josh Allen comps for the same reason, because he's a big white dude. That's got a that's got a pretty decent arm, and he's kind of strong when he runs. He doesn't play anything like Josh Allen. He doesn't play anything like Josh Allen did when he was at Wyoming. He doesn't play anything like Josh Allen does in Buffalo. Stetson's most likely going to be a Case Keenum. That's not going to erase the fact that when it's all said and done for his college career, we're going to be looking at him as the number one quarterback in the history of the University of Georgia. Shock, shock. It's a scary thought, I know, but it's also true. When we come back, Everyone's prepping for bowl season, which means there's not nearly as much news as I would like as a broadcaster, selfishly speaking. But that doesn't mean I can't scratch together a little four-piece nugget for you. Hey, sorry, guys. It's inflation. We'll come back. We'll get to a college football nugget. It's the Buck Blue Show on the Fan 680-937 FM. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Spring is here, and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer I love when we're on the same page here in the Buck Baloo Show. Dylan Schwartz sitting in for Buck Baloo. And it is the most wonderful time of year. Why? Because it's bowl season. And the fan in ESPN Atlanta 103.7 are bringing you the live call of every bowl game all month long. Merry Christmas, everyone. Our coverage of bowl season presented by Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA, live on ESPN Atlanta 103.7, and the college football voice of the South, the fan, 680-937 FM. And speaking of bowl games, how would you like to go to the a Peach Bowl? Well, I can't promise you that you get to go to the Peach Bowl, but you know what's almost as good? Hanging out with us with some complimentary free booze, and some good food. That's going to happen New Year's Eve. 6A to the Fan and Harris Cherokee Casino Resorts are throwing a free tailgate. We've been doing these all year long. They've been 
fantastic. Join 680 the fan in our huge free Peach Bowl tailgate Saturday, December 31st from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. We're taking over 123 Marietta Street at the corner of Marietta Street and Centennial Olympic Park Drive with a party featuring complimentary drinks from Corona and Modelo Beers, Deep Eddie Vodka and Maker's Mark Mixed Cocktails, Neutral Vodka Seltzer Samples, plus you get to enjoy eats from Bojangles and live music by all that. Speaking of Bojangles... Cajun chicken biscuit with pimento cheese on top where it gets nice and warm. Thank me later. It's the best meal you'll ever have. Get your free tickets now at 68thefan.com slash tailgate central and join us for another party in the 68 of the fan tailgate central series Saturday, December 31st, New Year's Eve from 430 to 730 p.m. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors. Harris, Cherokee Casinos and Resorts, Truist, Georgia Power, Corona Extra, Modelo, Deep Eddie Vodka, Maker's Mark, Bojangles, Legal Supermarkets and Neutral Vodka Seltzers. Okay, been a lot of fun. As I mentioned, I was perusing the college football news to try to find something worthy of nugget material. And unfortunately, inflation seems to have hit even me when it comes to planning. So I didn't get my normal five pieces for this nugget. I had to build you a four piece. And I apologize. Remind me the next time I do the show and I'll just drop a little extra nugget in there for you as as like a surprise gift. But uh, let's get to a let's get to a college football nugget. Tasty. Time for the College Football Nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Okay. A lot of good bowl matchups that are going on. A couple teams that have an opportunity to, to kind of make a statement versus the SEC or just in general for where their program's at. Purdue's looking to make big changes essentially right away. Graham Harrell, one of the architects of the Air Raid quarterbacks, one of the great quarterbacks for Texas Tech under Mike Leach, uh, he has now been named offensive coordinator for Purdue. Pretty interesting. I expected, I'll be very honest, I thought the matchup of Graham Harrell, who was the offensive coordinator at um, West Virginia, I thought the marriage between him and JT Daniels was going to be really, really good. It was not. JT Daniels was benched. They couldn't block enough to even employ the air raid. We'll see what happens at Purdue. I'm not counting Graham Harrell out. The air raid is kind of the new it offense now. They'll probably get it sorted. And Purdue, they generally are going to have a little bit more talent than West Virginia. So that could be a good match. But speaking of the Boilermakers, looking to be the Spoilermakers yet again, they're bringing in some reinforcements to get them ready for LSU. That reinforcement, a quarterback you might have heard of, his name's Drew Brees. He's going to be going to Purdue to help prepare them for LSU. Now, that's pretty impressive for a guy that just got struck by lightning, right, during a commercial. Uh, that said, there are very few guys who would be better to teach you how to get the ball out quick against an attacking defense like LSU than Drew Brees. I may mock the man for not being able to throw the ball more than 10, 12 yards downfield for like half of his career, but... <laughs> He still racked up quite a bit of yards, quite a bit of completions, playing football his way and overcoming a lot of deficiencies. So good for Purdue. Uh, hopefully that's a good matchup. Hopefully that's a good game. I just want to see good games and everybody to play. The NCAA has named a new president. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker will be replacing Mark Emmert once Charlie Baker's term as governor in Massachusetts is up. And all I have to say is keep your hands off my football, government. Get out of here with this. I don't need any government officials named the NCAA. It's corrupt enough as it is. Let's not introduce government people and make it just even more corrupt. Uh, as you can see, may, should I go into this with a, with a, you guys tell me back there. Should I go into this full heart, open mind, or should I continue to just be cynical? Uh, it's easy to be cynical of the NCAA, but maybe that's because of the previous, uh, previous uh, administration, but... 
Some NIL, something needs to be done about NIL, but yeah, I'm not looking to the NCAA for anything. I'm definitely not looking to the government to figure out how to handle the NIL, uh, but whatever. I guess we'll give it a shot and see how it goes. Can't go much worse than, than some of the things that have gone on in the last few years, but in, in final closing for the Nugget, the transfer portal keeps growing. I think the best quarterback in the portal is already in there. And I know Kirby doesn't target guys in the portal. At least he says he doesn't look at the portal. But you look ahead to next year, no Stetson Bennett. A lot of unproven options at quarterback. Maybe it is Carson Beck. Maybe it's Gunnar Stockton. Maybe it's Brock Vandegrift. Or maybe, just maybe, Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin take a look at Grayson McCall. The quarterback transferring out of Coastal Carolina because his coach, Jamie Chadwell, is now with Liberty. Well, Grace McCall wants to go to the NFL. And to do that, to, to get himself as high a pick as possible, he's going to have to prove that he can do what he's been doing against better competition. He's not going to get that versus Liberty. I actually think Coastal Carolina is a better spot. It's a better school than Liberty. I think they're a better team. I think they're a better program. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the portal. Devin Leary is technically... Devin Leary's rated number one right now. You guys realize Grayson McCall has like 8,000 yards passing over his three college seasons. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's very athletic. And I know we we just get this idea, oh, he can't run Georgia's offense. He's not a fit for Georgia. He's more a fit for Auburn and for Hugh Freeze. What's different between the fits between Auburn and Georgia offensively? Not, I'm not talking about in the past. I'm talking about what you're seeing this year. This is not the same Georgia offense that you're used to seeing. This is not a Georgia offense that's heavily I-formation predicated and running up the gut and running toss sweeps every other play. That's not what this offense is. They opened this offense up, maybe because they lost the Arch Manning commitment. I don't know. But something happened, and Kirby's decided, you know what? We're going to air this thing out. We're going to spread it out. We're going to go shotgun attack, and we're going to open the offense up. And in that vein, Grayson McCall's a heck of a quarterback. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Kirby doesn't need to play the portal, but that's why he might. You welcome to the portal. He might just look for upgrades. Maybe McCall's not even an upgrade. I don't know. We'll find out. Somebody's going to get themselves a good quarterback. I think he's the best quarterback in the upgrade. That's going to in the portal. That's going to do it for the Nugget. All right. We got to get to our final word. You guys really didn't think I was going to go an entire show and not get to baseball at all, did you? No way. Last night, the New York Yankees, they got their man, Carlos Rodon. And I really, really hate to admit this, but that rotation is scary good now. Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino with Frankie Montas as their number five. That's that's pretty lights out. I could do a final word on that alone, but this pertains to the Braves. Rodon got six years, $162 million. If you're bad at math, that's $27 million a year. 30 years old. Right up there with Max Fried for best left-hander in baseball. Which also means this contract... This is the benchmark for Max Fried in two seasons when he becomes a free agent at 30 years old. Max, he's the MLBPA rep for the Braves. Yank in the extension with Max. Soak it up, Braves fans, because you're going to hear a lot of rumors, a lot of rumblings about maybe the Braves will trade no. Max Fried. They're going to sound crazy. I'm just here to tell you, they're not crazy. As a matter of fact, I don't think it'll be this year, but you will hear about some of these trade rumors coming out as early as next season. That's going to do it for the show today. Thanks, everybody, behind the glass. Had a lot of fun filling in for Buck. I'm sure you'll get Buck Baloo back tomorrow. I'll see you guys again at uh, 6 p.m. tonight. That's going to do it for the Buck Baloo Show on the Fan 680, 937 FM.
Well, thank you, Buck. Where's Nernie? Okay, thanks a lot, Buck. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.